Mud Stories, Episode 29. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. I think that, you know, when you just get out there and do something, you, you can't see a mile down the road, but you can see a step in front of you. And so you just take the next step. I, I think that God just, he calls us to be faithful in what he's given us to do. And then he takes that and he makes something really awesome out of it. Even though we can't see what that is going to be, he's got something in mind and um, and we can really trust so our job is just to is just to be faithful where we're at today and leave the rest up to him. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast, and today I am super excited to bring you this amazing episode with Rachel Ann Ridge. And Rachel and I met a few years ago at a conference called the Declare Conference in Texas, where she resides with her husband. Rachel has three grown children and is a grandma to two now, super cute and adorable kids. And if you follow her on Instagram, you'll be able to see lots of pictures of them. She's an artist, a writer, and she is the owner of a stray donkey named Flash. And I just love talking to Rachel. She was able to share her mud story with us today. And it's a story of a time in life where she had some unexpected turns, some crises that ended up becoming catalysts for change in her life. And God ended up doing some amazing things through what she thought was just mundane everyday days and her encouragement to us to just, you know, just do the next right thing. And sometimes we can't see super far ahead. You know, we want to know what God has in store for us and what's going to be happening in our lives. And so many times we just get lost in feeling like the now is not important. And the, the tasks that have been given to us to do this day don't matter. And her story inspired me and helped me refine my purpose in my everyday. And I really hope it will do that for you too. So today in this episode, Rachel, Ann, and I discuss how crisis can be a catalyst for change, some unexpected turns she's faced, including some job loss and financial stress, the mundane work that it is of balancing work and home life and just the in and out days of raising children. Rachel shares how to trust in the growth and process that we will experience over time, how to embrace the unknown and just do the next thing. And a lot of times that means lowering our expectations and oftentimes letting ourselves off the hook because we can be really critical of ourselves. And she shares in this episode how crisis and crazy circumstances, like finding a stray donkey in your driveway one night, can bring challenges 
and ultimately change that are actually gifts for our hearts. So I just love all that Rachel has to share. I think you're going to have times of reflection, times where you can relate to her through this interview, but also a lot of laughter. And so it's my joy to introduce you to my friend, Rachel Ann Ridge. Enjoy. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Mud Stories podcast. Hey, hi. Thanks so much for having me. I am so thrilled to have you. We've been trying to get together on this for quite a while, and I'm just so glad that it's finally working out. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your family and your kids and where you live and start with that so we can get to know you. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I live in Texas uh, in the Dallas area, and um, I have been married for 31 years um, to a sweet, sweet guy named Tom. And we have three grown kids, um, two daughters that are uh, 28 and 26. And um, they are both married and each have a little baby girl, which has been really, really fun, a new development in my life. And um, and then we, our youngest is uh, 21 and he's uh, still in college at Texas A&M. So that's a bit about my family. Uh, <laughs> wow. So you have empty nest. Yes. Except now you get to do it again with new little little ones. Oh, so fun. Oh. So much fun. I hear being a grandma is even better than being a mom. Is that true? Uh, yes. I, I would have, you know. It's I hard, loved, huh? <laughs> I loved being a mom. Um, I still love being a mom and I miss those um, little sticky fingers and sweet kisses. Um, so to get to do it again with little babies is just such a treat. It is, it is so much fun. So yeah, everybody told me that it, that I would love it and I, I didn't know how I would feel about it, but you know, now that it's here, I'm all over it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it seems like you'd have a different perspective. I mean, you'd be able to take in and enjoy in a less sleep deprived state, all of those little nuances of babyhood and toddlerhood and all of that, you know, because the weight of the responsibility for training and all of that isn't necessarily on you. You get to have fun. Yeah. Right. So true. So I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying that to the max. Well, Rachel, we here at Mud Stories talk about our mud and (laughs) Certainly all of us have mud, and I know for you, you are not a stranger to the muddy, yucky, icky, sticky, <laughs> dark, wet places. Right. Yeah. Check, check, check. And so I'd love it if you would just share with us a little bit about your background, what led into your struggle and your challenge, and share with us a little insight on what you've learned along the way. Wow, that's such a huge question. Um, I was I was kind of joking with you before um, the program that my mud story is probably more appropriately titled a muddled story. <laughs> my story of trying to muddle through my life and motherhood and mm. um, trying to make my way and figure out what in the world am I doing here and what am I supposed to do next. And, you know, for me, I think um, I just really approach life as um, someone who is frequently overwhelmed with the busyness and the details and Mm. um, all that needs to be done in a day. And and sometimes I just look up at the end of the day and go, 
what just happened, you know? Yeah. And, and then I'm supposed to, you know, try to be a, um, a follower of Christ and reach out to my neighbor and do all these things. And, and so, you know, really uh, my mud story probably is, is, um, more of feeling like I can't do, um, the things that are required of me or, or the things that I would like to do and really struggling to find my purpose. And, um, and then, um, having a, um, a vision or a dream of, of that person that I'd like to be, or, or, um, those goals that I would like to accomplish and feeling like nothing, you know, there was no progress happening toward those things and just waiting and waiting and waiting, um, Hmm. you know, for, for those things to come to pass. Yeah. Because in the everyday mundane moments, you know, I can relate to what you're saying as far as feeling like there's a list to check off. Like you set all (laughs) these goals for yourself each day and maybe you don't write the goals down, but in your mind, you're like, okay, I need to get this done and this done and this done. And you're caught up with all the list of things that you want to do. And then at the end of the day, the day somehow whizzed by and you're like, how I, I told that was such a waste of a day. Like, what did I actually get done? And day after day after day of that, can can become overwhelming in the sense that you're not sure you're really making a difference in the world. Right. And and I think it's, especially if you have um, something that's like a little dream or a little spark or something that you feel like uh, maybe the Lord's called you to do or that you want to um, accomplish um, and, and reach for, and yet the day-to-day um, seems to tax all of your time and, and energy, and you just, you don't have anything that's left over toward, um, you know, propelling toward that dream or that vision. And so I, you know, I just, this is the last couple of years have really been such a roller coaster ride for me. And in, in that I've, I've seen some of those things that I've, I've just held as like a little candle in the darkness mm, yeah. <laughs> of hope or, you know, oh, this is something I would love to do. And, you know, and, um, time has gone by and I've waited for years and I've tried to make progress over, over time. And, and finally, finally, um, you know, I've started to see God, um, just say, okay, you know what, Rachel, now is the time. And, um, I really can look back and see that God's hand has been even in the busyness and in the mundane and in those days that I felt overwhelmed and defeated, he was right there. And, and I was really in the center of, of his will for me. And, and there's just such great uh, reassurance in that. Well, describe for us what it was like in those years where, you know, your dream was a far off distant idea, you know, I mean, you had three kids, they were, you know, your two were close together. Tell us about some details of those years and what that felt like, because I'm guessing there's a lot of us who are in that season, you know, in that season of we have a dream, we feel called to something bigger than ourselves. And yet we just don't see a lot of hope that it would ever come to pass. So before we talk about what God is doing now and how that is materializing, take us back and tell us what were those years like and what are some things you struggled through? Well, I was a stay-at-home mom for about 12 years. I had uh, my girls were um, pretty close together, 22 months apart, and then um, and I was able to be home with them. And I and I really did love those years. Although, you know, any any mom who's at home with little ones knows that they that they can be really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, there are some struggles that go with that, even though, you know, it's a blessing to um, be able to spend the majority of your days um, with little ones. But it doesn't Um, feel like a blessing in many days, you know, those diapers don't feel like they're blessing you at all. And Um, even the elementary years, I mean, that's where I'm at right now. And, you know, I know people are so well-meaning to say, oh, the days are long and the years are short. And while I yep. do have some grasp on that perspective because I have an older son who's 19, it yeah. still doesn't ease the difficulty and just all the challenges. And even though it's a short span of our lives, this time of having kids in our home, it doesn't feel like a short span of time in the moment, you know, and in many nights you go to bed feeling like, oh, I yelled too many times today. I didn't show the love of Christ today. I wasn't Jesus to them. And it's it can be condemning of our own hearts, you know, so speak to us more about what you struggled with in some ways you overcame getting through those mundane days that were so hard. Well, I think, um, I, well, I've already stated that I've often felt overwhelmed. Um, and I still do feel that way, but, um, with, um, with younger children at home and, and in the elementary years, a lot of, a lot of days I felt like I was being eaten alive by piranhas. You know? mm-hmm. Yes. Like, mommy, 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 watch me, watch me. And then you're, you know, you're right. Yes. In the something and you look over and they're like, I can bend my fingers, <laughs> you know, Oh, I'm so with you, some you kind of little trick, you know, they can put some, uh, their finger up their nose or, yes. you know, just, and, and you're going, wait, I just, I just got off of a, of a very important phone call so I could watch you uh, do a trick with your fingers right Um, (laughs) I think you're 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 speaking over the truth of my life right now (laughs) well I you know I think a coping mechanism that I um have that I employed and I still do to this day is um I just I have to kind of skip to the bottom line you know and you get really good at doing that when you're a mom you're like you know what just get to the bottom line and just tell me what what I need to do today or what uh what's the bare minimum and and I, I felt clear in one in one purpose um, with the kids at home, and that was that I, I wanted to create a, a home that um, felt like a sanctuary to them. Mm. And and now I'm not the most organized person in the world, to put it um, mildly. I'm, I really am not. Um, I would much rather play uh, and make a fort and and you know play with Legos and Tinker Toys than. Um, do laundry and organize my silverware drawers. (laughs) So, so, you know, I tend to um, find reasons to not get organized, but um, I did want to create uh, at least an environment so that when, when my kids came in from playing outside or my husband walked through the door, that they just had that sense of, ah, this is a place where I, I feel welcome and feel loved. And, you know, you can try to, um, Make your, you can make yourself crazy by approaching that p- from a perfectionist standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I just kind of boiled things down to a bottom line. And I just thought if I can create um, three things each day um, in one way to create a little bit of peace, a little bit of order, and a little bit of beauty. And those might just be with a hug or with um, getting dinner on the table so something smells good, or you know, straightening up something in the living room. Um, I, I would call that a day 
uh, or a job well done. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, wasn't the best um, at taking care of all the details, but I really tried to focus on on the things that were important to um, to that particular child and that day or in my husband's life. And um, when you focus on those important things that, you know, whether or not all the laundry is done really and truly doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, as long as they feel loved and, um, secure. And, um, so that was my coping mechanism. (laughs) So you're really redefining success of a day. You're, you're saying, okay. And I think that is so wise because it seems like they will remember our kids in general, or really anyone we're around will remember more how they felt in the environment, in our presence, rather than what we said or did. Oh, that's so good. That's exactly right. I, you know, and you just have to have, you, you, you have to embrace the season that you're in and it's, it's hard to do. Um, you know, some days I did better than others. And, um, so I'm, I'm very, very humble when I, <laughs> when I think back of, um, you know, some of the things I did or, or did not do well. Um, my, my son once said to me, he was probably about two, and I was pulling him in a wagon and um, uh, probably going to walk to go meet the girls at um, at their little elementary school around the corner. And so he was sitting in a in the back of this red wagon. And he said to me in his little two year old voice, he says, he said, Mom, you're the goodest mom I ever seen. And, <laughs> and I wrote that in my journal. And I and I thought, you know, to be the goodest mom um, you know, I'm not the best mom, but to be the goodest, that's, that's about right. You know, that that's what it's all about. And, um, so I think, you know, you have to kind of lower some of your expectations on yourself and let yourself off the hook and say, you know, it's okay just to be a good mom today. I may not, you know, win the prize for being the best, but being good, being the goodest. Yeah, that's, that's all right. And that's, that's what means the most to your kids. Yeah, I think you're right. And I was just reflecting on what I heard you, you know, cultivating in your home. I I just love that. (laughs) So in the course of raising kids and growing a home, cultivating this sanctuary of an environment, were there any losses you experienced? Any times where you felt like, wow, this is the bottom like this? There just seems to not be hope for this situation. And then eventually you saw the good that was coming out of what you thought was the most insurmountable loss. Yes, I can think of oh, at least two big ones that stand out in my mind. <clears throat> um, I told you that I was at home with um, with the little kids, and I was, you know, pretty um, happy and blessed to be there for the most part, and um, kind of thinking that that um, life was moving along pretty well. My husband had a good job and was um, um, partner in a, in a business that was very stressful, but, um, you know, we, he made a good living and supported us and we had health insurance and all these really (laughs) wonderful things. And, um, but it was a terrible, um, fit for him. It was a terrible job. He ended up, um, working 68 to 80 hours a week, sometimes more. Um, there was, um, 
just a whole host of reasons why it was not a good fit for him. And Mm -hmm. things were getting more and more stressful. It became more and more difficult for him to um, get up out of bed and go to work in the morning. Um, We would lay in bed for, you know, 45 minutes and we would talk and uh, in the morning before work and just to just to get him psyched up to get up and and go. Um, We would read scripture, we would pray, and then he'd get up and um, come home just beaten down. And um, and one day uh, he woke up and he just simply couldn't go into work. And, mm, so and hard. it was, he just really hit the bottom um, physically, emotionally, um, and, and in so many ways. And there I was with um, two little kids at the time and a mortgage, and we had to do a lot of backpedaling and trying to figure out what to do. And, um, um, it, you know, it's, it, I, I wish you that you could meet my husband, Tom. He's a, he is a, just a, a phenomenal person, so strong and, and so kind and loving and so capable. Um, and so to see him in, in a state where he was really, really unable to function in the way that he was used to being able to function Mm -hmm. for a period of time was devastating. And, um, you know, he was my rock and, um, the guy who was, you know, (laughs) working so hard for us. And suddenly, um, you know, I had to get up and go into work and try to make some sense of things. And, um, Mm -hmm. it really caused us to have to make some huge changes. We, leased out our house, moved out of our house and went and lived with my mother and father-in-law for a year with two little kids, Mm. just so that we could have a little bit of margin to be able to survive. Yeah. And, um, you know, something like that really does make you reevaluate, um, what you think or what you thought life should hold for you and what Mm -hmm. you think the future will hold when everything is very uncertain. And so that was a pretty rocky, time. Um, and I think that, you, you know, you're faced with a choice where you can say, I didn't sign up for this. Right. Um, I'd like to walk away. Um, I, I don't, you're not the person that I thought you were, you know, he could say that to me, you know, you're both right. in, a, in a sense, you know, in a crisis. And, um, fortunately, um, we did have some good people around us, like my mother and father-in-law who, you know, let us overtake their house for a year. <laughs> And, um, we just, we retooled and, um, he, um, got a, you know, got a different job and, um, we, we had to reevaluate what he was doing, but that, that did, God did use that to, um, help us to get to, uh, onto a different path, I should say for, Mm -hmm. um, for jobs and, you know, and just finding what we're good at and what our purpose was. So, and now when in there did you begin writing or starting your own business? Because I know you're an artist. Yes. Right. Right. And uh-huh. so how did that fit into the sequence? Because so many times what you're describing is this unknown path or a tan- what we feel like might be a tangent in life Yeah, ends up actually being the correct road that we needed to be on. But in right. the moment you're taking the turn off, you're like, wait, this isn't the way, you know, and yet looking back, if you would have not taken that turn off, life would have been so much different. And so I'm just wondering how that all played into effect with what ended up happening for you. Well, I I think you're right. Uh, You're onto something there where I think that a, a crisis or, or, um, something that big can be the catalyst for change. 
And I heard somebody say um, something uh, once that was along the lines of, um, you'll never change until it becomes too uncomfortable to stay the same. Right. And, um, and I think that even though, um, our circumstances were difficult, it wasn't a good job, you know, not a good job fit. If it had not been such a crisis, we could have easily just continued on and not had a change, uh, a real change. Yeah. But I, you know, Getting back on your feet after something like that, of course, money was very tight. And one year I thought, okay, well, I can't go out and buy big Christmas gifts, so I will make some things. So I, I you know, went to the craft store and picked up some paintbrushes and some little wooden birdhouses, and and um, I painted up a few things. Um, and I and I loved it. You know, back then it was called toll painting. Yes, I um, put little flowers and doodads on these. <laughs> <laughs> gave them to everybody. And then I continued to give them to everybody every birthday and anniversary and Mother's Day. And, you know, by the time that my little painted things had been around for a couple of Christmases and birthdays, I still had things left over and no place to, you know, no, nobody wanted them anymore. So I thought, well, I'll put them into a little shop and sell things on consignment and, um, so, uh, you know, I really started a little hobby that I didn't have a huge plan for, um, but I thought, well, maybe I can make a little bit of extra money. And my um, my big goal was to ha- make enough money to go get my hair done. Oh. <laughs> to pay for highlights. <laughs> I love that. Into the grocery money. Yes. So that was my big business plan. Nice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what I love about it also is the crisis that sometimes happens to us in life. It's not necessarily the circumstances, the physical circumstances that, although they are part of the crisis, but really the work that happens in our hearts, in our minds, in our in our um, goals and dreams can shift as a result of a crisis. And that's yeah. what I'm hearing you yeah. describe. And so what started out as really just a necessity to make some gifts for people Yep. And just a little creative outlet. I mean, who knew it would become a business? So what ended up happening with your little consignment shop plan? (laughs) Well, um, what, you know, one thing leads to another. And I I think that, you know, when you just get out there and do something, you you can't see a mile down the road, but you can see a step in front of you. And so you just take the next step Yes, and then you take the next step. And, um, I had, um, people that took a business card and would call me and they'd say, you know, could you come and paint this piece of furniture at my house? From there it went to, could you paint something on my wall? Could you paint a mural on my wall? Could you do a faux finish? Could you do this or that? And, Hmm. and every time I, I was absolutely terrified because I had no formal artistic training, um, at all, but I had the desire and of course we needed the money. Um, so that's a big motivator right there. You know, when you need to eat, you, you figure out how to make it work. And so I would, uh, the night before going to a job site, I would be practicing my paint strokes and what I was going to do on little sample boards and, and then go do a job. And it just, from there I had bigger opportunities and, and it got to a point where the, the projects were, um, too big just for one person to handle. And, um, Tom, my husband is extremely artistic. He's way, way more talented than I am. And so I would ask him to help me 
on evenings or uh, on weekends and he would set up scaffolding so I could paint a ceiling dome or, or he would, um, actually do the painting for me, which was fantastic. And, um, so before we knew it, we were, you know, we were booked for months on end and, um, had a, had a real deal business going and he actually quit his job and the two of us, work together, um, doing artistic and creative endeavors for the last, wow. I don't know, 10 or 15 years. So, wow. um, yeah, pretty, really pretty amazing story and, um, not, you know, not something that had a big formal plan, but really just as a result of, of saying yes and, and thinking, you know, why not, why not just go out and, and try it? Well, and I, I think so many times we try to plan out, so far in advance in the details, you know, we want to know how it's going to work out, what we're going to do, what the process is going to be. And what I'm hearing you say is, you know, crisis can bring change <laughs> yes, yes. that you have not expected. And yet, if you just trust, do one step at a time, follow the leads as they go, you know, you learned as you went. Yep. Uh, I mean, sometimes we have to fake it till we make it right. Like you learn the stroke before you went and painted the wall and it worked out great. And then that built on something else. And that friend told another friend. And so all of a sudden the growth and progress comes over time and you look back and you think, wow, where have I arrived to? You know, this is incredible that you could have probably never guessed where it would go. And so it's such an encouragement, I think, wherever we are today, when we're comparing ourselves to other people, you know, and thinking, oh, well, they're doing amazing things, or they have this amazing business or, you know, financial plan, or they're, you know, writing or, you know, succeeding. And woe is me, I'm here in my everyday life. And yet, your story is a championing example of no, it's okay. Let's just keep our eyes focused on the next thing, yeah. and 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 be w- willing to work really hard. Work really hard. Um, that's uh, <laughs> you know n- none of that was easy. It was just it was a lot of hard work, and you know and there are challenges that go that go with that. Um, you know because then I was a working mom, right? While my um, kids were uh, getting a little bit older. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, you juggle, there's a lot of juggling going on and a lot of feeling like, man, you know, I don't know if I'm good at any one thing here, but you just, you get up and, and you go and you do the next thing the next day. And, and, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the name of the game. Speak a little bit about your relationship with the Lord as you were walking through this journey that unfolded, you know, it's a challenge sometimes to trust Mm-hmm. That God's got everything under control. You know, we yeah. want him to show us the plan unfolded with, you know, color images and models right. of where we're going and what we're going to do together, these amazing things. And yet, what was your experience in that in in time with God and trusting in God's will? Because, you know, it's hard. We want all the will just bullet pointed out. What is your yeah. will, Lord? And yeah. sometimes he just says, no. Let's just walk one step. Will you hold my hand and walk one step with me? And then and then I'll show you, right? So what was your experience with that? I think that the Christian life is so much about trust and just trusting what you cannot see and um, trusting that um, the God who holds the universe together can hold the details of your life together, even when you can't see um 
two feet in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, you can only see the step that's in front of you. And so I think there's just a lot of trust that that is involved with um, every aspect of your life, parenting, your professional life, your goals and dreams, just you're, you know, you're, you're trusting for your daily bread, really. And Mm -hmm. I think we try to overcomplicate things sometimes. And we think that that maybe the Christian life is more than that. But, but there is, is just walking in that um, relationship. When you know that your Heavenly Father loves you and cares for you, you can rest in that. And, um, you know, that's not to say that I didn't, that I haven't had days and I don't still have days that I'm really overtaken with anxiety and um, with worry. And I just go back to those um, scriptures that say, you know, to trust and and to not worry about tomorrow's troubles, that today has enough troubles of its own and you just um, do those things. So one of the my favorite scriptures is Psalm 9017, and it's really become my life verse. And, um, and it just says, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish the work of our hands, yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. And um, there's a couple different versions. That was probably a mixture of three different ones right there. But that's it's just been my prayer, and it's like kind of my go-to thought of just allowing the, the beauty of God's presence to permeate everything that I do. Even when you're frying up hamburger and rummaging through the vegetable drawer for uh, something to feed your hungry crew, to see that God's presence and His beauty is even upon that has just really been my prayer. And then the second part of that verse is really a prayer of offering to Him that He would establish the work of your hands, all the activity and the things that we're doing um, is one thing, but we need we need him to establish it and um, we need mm-hmm. his power and his grace and his spirit to establish those things that we're doing. And so it just seems like no matter where life has taken me through this journey, that's been a scripture that has just been a constant thread that has been a prayer of mine. I love that. Well, just like your art was a hobby that eventually became a life calling and a business. It's been similar for your writing. And blogging you described to me had become an outlet for you way back when you started. I think you had mm-hmm. said it was 2007. So that was a yeah, while 2006, ago. 2006. Yeah. 2006. Back in the dark ages. Yeah. And um, you, you had told me that you didn't really realize what a passion it was, but then it as you did start taking step by step, it unfolded into something more and a donkey is involved somewhere in there. So I'd love for you to just share with us a little bit about how just like the art, the writing was a a sacred and unexpected journey that you've been on. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's something to be said for when you start out with something and you don't have a huge goal in mind, you know, then you're not so disappointed if nothing happens with it. You know, you just, <laughs> you just enjoy it for what it is. And, um, and so I started blogging in 2006 and I, I just thought, I, you know, I, I've, I wanted to create this sanctuary idea for my family and I'm 
overwhelmed and overworked. And I just have these coping mechanisms that I try to, you know, make sense of each day. And I'm going to just share those things online. And um, so I started blogging and I, I found that I just, I loved it. I, I loved writing and I, I guess rediscovered uh, a passion that I'd had when I was much younger and, and I just kept up with it for some reason. And so that, that really just became uh, something that I enjoyed doing every day. And so while I was blogging and trying to, you know, put food on the table, and, <laughs> um, raise these kids and, you know, as with any business, um, I, I don't want to make it sound like we were wildly successful. We did have some success, but you have these times of feast and famine. And we were, of course, in uh, another one of these times of famine where things were extremely stressful. And mm. uh, there was one particular night that, that Tom and I were driving home from a from a job site that just took far too long and we made far too little money. And uh, we hadn't seen the kids all day. And we pulled into our driveway and we, we live out in the country and we've got this long, um, it's a quarter mile gravel dirt driveway up to the house from the country road. And there right in the driveway was a donkey just standing there. And <laughs> we could, Yeah. Cause I come home every day to a donkey in my driveway. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> and you know, and even though we live in the country, we're like, okay, you know, you kind of rub your eyes a little bit like, okay, is that really a donkey or are we just seeing something? Anyway, to make oh. a long story short, um, Tom got out of the uh, truck and he said, you know, we need to just put this guy into our pasture overnight because, you know, if you've ever seen what a deer can do to uh, a car, if you hit a, a deer, you know, imagine what a, what a right. donkey is, a pretty solid uh, animal. He said, you know, someone's going to run into him and, you know, obviously someone's out looking for him and, you know, we'll, we'll find out whoever owns him tomorrow and we'll, you know, get him on his way. Right. So he, it was just a, I just I wish I had a video camera that night of him trying to um, oh, get a donkey goodness. into our pasture. It was a three-hour ordeal of pushing, pulling, coaxing. Uh, you know, it was just hilarious. Um, finally, got him into the pasture, and um, we said, "Oh, can't wait to get rid of him. He'll just and be on his way. He'll just be on his merry little way." And now, seven years later, he is still in our pasture. Oh, that is we never awesome! Find no one ever claimed him, and and oh yeah, because donkeys don't typically have like collars with tags, right? No, they don't. And we we found out that finding a stray donkey was is actually fairly common in in Texas. We were in the middle of a terrible drought, and um, so farmers and ranchers who who might have donkeys along with their cattle or, you know, with their horses. Well, they're now all the livestock are, they're competing for grazing land. And, mm. um, and so, you know, ranchers are selling off herds and get, getting rid of those. And you, you couldn't sell a donkey for $5. There's too many of them. They ab have absolutely no worth hmm. at all. And so what they will do is just open their gates and let them wander off or, or even worse, they'll, they'll load them up in a trailer and, uh, you know, un unload them on a country road like ours. So, Aww. so our little guy, um, who, uh, is named flash 
um, ironic. We gave him an ironic name because he's never in a hurry. He never <laughs> goes anywhere in a flash. So we thought that would be really funny. Um, as he oh, along. yes. Um, he has turned out to be the thing that surprisingly, um, and this is just the way God works, is he's been the thing that God has used as Rachel's personal object lesson (laughs) (laughs) for teaching me incredible lessons about life and about faith and friendship and second chances. And um, I don't know, I'm sure there's a joke about it takes one to know one or (laughs) 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 why I have a donkey and he's teaching me. I'm just imagining all the other nicknames for donkeys and other such words. I've heard them all. I've heard them all. Yes. Oh, goodness. Well, I first met you at a conference called Declare two years ago, and we were sitting the opening night next to each other by random chance. I'd never heard of you before in my life. I was (laughs) completely clueless, the awesome gem of a person I was sitting next to. And there we were listening about writing and publishing and the the speaker says, okay, everybody pass out a piece of paper. And if you have a book idea, I'm going to give you a chance to win a contract with some big Thomas Nelson publisher, you know? And so everybody's got this piece of paper and a pen. And of course, I'm sitting there dumbfounded because I don't have a book idea. And I looked at you and I said, hi, my name's Jackie. What's your name? And, you know, we we introduced each other. And then I'm like, well, are you going to write anything down? Do you have a book idea? And you're like, well, I kind of have this little idea I've been thinking about. I'm like, oh, you should totally write it down. Just write it down. I don't. I was like, I found myself being your like eminent cheerleader there. You know, I'm like, well, I don't have one, but you do. So let's do this, you know, and um, tell us the journey that you went on through all that those faithful years blogging and writing and learning from Flash, yeah. all of these object lessons and God cultivating and meeting you in those moments and giving you the insight and the Holy Spirit speaking to you of what it is you need to learn. And to your credit, being open with your heart to learn those lessons. <laughs> you know, you wrote down some ideas that night about a book and tell us what God's done. Wow. It has been quite a year. Uh, I I remember that so clearly sitting next to you and, you know, and and just being so nervous to write down this crazy idea to write a a book about a donkey. Um, And that's exactly what I did. Um, I had this idea just to, to write these object lessons that that this donkey had provided or that, you know, that God had used to, to speak into my life and to put it into a book form. And of course, Flash has provided so many funny stories. He's just hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I had been writing them on my blog and gotten such a great response because they're just, you know, I, there's something that's just really endearing about a donkey. They've got the long ears and the yeah. sweet face and and the brown eyes and you know and they're just you can just relate to them um to their whole demeanor in so many ways and so yeah I did a I put a book proposal together and the long story short is I ended up um signing a for an actually a two book deal with Tyndale and Flash is getting his own book and um Flash is going to be coming out May 1st, and uh, the official title is Flash, The Homeless Donkey Who Taught Me About Life, 
faith and second chances. And um, it has been an absolute delight to write it. Um, I've had so much fun just remembering the stories and and just seeing how God delights in using the things that are easily overlooked, the things that we deem as worthless, right. the things that we pass by. Right. Um, you know, it for me it was a donkey, but for for all of us, it's really the conversations at the dinner table. It's the stoplights. Mm-hmm. It's the woman at the grocery store. It's the interaction with people, the things that you could so easily just. Um, brush off or pass yeah. by, you know, he's, he's saying, no, take a minute and stop and, and just glean some wisdom here. And I, I believe that we, we so often look for the angel choirs and the great beams of light and these big miraculous signs to point the way. And, and really God is speaking to us, but he's using the very everyday things mm-hmm. to lead us into all wisdom. So Right. And keeping our eyes open to look for those. I mean, yeah. lucky for yeah. you, God just <laughs> dropped a big, humongous donkey in your path, right. you know? Right. But for us, it might not be that obvious, you know? Right. And now Flash has his own Twitter handle and his <laughs> yeah. own yes. his own portrait on the cover of a book, right? Yes. He is oh. featured on the cover of the book. And I just you can actually um, see the book at um, like Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. I just saw that um, it's already available for pre-order, and and it's just so fun to see his picture on the cover of a book. It just I still laugh when I think about it. That photo shoot must have been crazy. <laughs> well, it's so funny. There were carrots involved. <laughs> of course, there were. Just to get the right pose. Oh. So, so funny. Well, before you go, share with us a, cu- a couple flash stories, a couple, oh. couple insights from our donkey friend. Oh goodness! Well, probably one of my favorite stories is is uh, the time that that Flash fell in love with the really cute little mare in the pasture next door. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lovesick donkey on my hands, and um, and there were some horses that were in the pasture just across the fence and um, this cute little brown dark brown leggy thing that caught his eye and um, of course you know I thought maybe he was just crushing on her but um, I you know I didn't know it would go anywhere until um, about one o'clock at night one spring night I looked out the window I happened to be up late working and there outside the window were flashing lights of a sheriff's (laughs) vehicle. And these two sheriffs come up to the door and they said to me, they said, uh, ma'am, do you own a donkey? And I'm looking at, I'm like, am I dreaming this? Is it one o'clock in the morning and you just showed up with your lights flashing to ask if I own a donkey? And, um, and before I can get the words out of my mouth, another vehicle comes up the driveway, just roars up and a gentleman gets stumbles out of the car and he's, you know, he's reeking of, um, cigarettes and beer. And and he goes, you're, you're a donkey got in with my mare. And before I could separate and before I knew what had happened, the deed had been done. They was, they was laying down smoking a cigarette. And I'm and I'm just looking at these. Anyway, he broke he broke down two gates and a fence to get to his 
to his um, passion, and, um, and we had a time getting him home. I did not get him go get him in the middle of the night. I did wait until the next day, but oh um, no! But the that tenacity and that passion to break down those gates and those fences to get to the object of his, you know, of his desire, um, just spoke to my heart in such a way um, because I I realized it made me think about the things that that I had a passion for. You know, mm-hmm. do I have a passion that's that is big enough to break down some gates and some fences and really go for, or am I content to just kind of sit on the sidelines Mm. and, um, watch other people, um, follow their passions. And, um, and it was just such a, such an incredible picture to me to really revisit those things like writing and, and art to, to really stop and think, you know, those are those are gifts that God's given to me. Those are passions that I have. Um, what do I need to do to take hmm. them to the next level? Right. And um, so, I mean, what a what an awesome, funny, long-eared, buck-toothed, loud picture uh, <laughs> of Flash crashing through fences for his passion. But that's one of my favorite stories oh. of all time. And of course, that's in the book. I love it. Oh, sweet Flash. Yes. Well, I can't wait to get to know Flash more after May. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I saw the picture of the front cover of the book when we were at the Illum conference, and I'm just saying, I just feel like hugging that little fella. He is so (laughs) cute. So cute. cute. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. And part of your family now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate your time and just sharing with us inside from the perspective of having been through the waiting, having been in a place where, you know, you weren't sure where life was taking you, but then you followed each step by step by step and are able to be here today and share with us looking back what had happened and just to encourage and inspire us wherever we are today, that even though our steps today seem like, you know, steps in a fog that we can't see ahead, Mm -hmm. to trust and put our hearts in a place of rest to know that God is faithful and he will, you know, he will weave what seems like our steps in a big, thick fog into something amazing and beautiful and really fulfilling. He promises to give us the desires of our hearts, you know, as we delight in him, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. And I think that's what you did in those times of trial of financial stress. And, and just, you just found what he had gifted you in doing and you just did the next thing and look at the beauty that came. Oh, well, it's just, you know, all praise to the Lord because he's, he is, he's faithful to do what he promises. And, um, you know, we, we want it instantaneously, Mm -hmm. but, um, he's, he's in it with us for the long haul. And, um, I, I love how you, uh, how you put all of that, just doing, doing one step at a time is, um, it's really great. Well, I love the encouragement that it is because today I'm going to stop talking to you and I'm going to go on with my life, you know, dealing with my little people. And, you know, today I might be tempted to think, hmm, you know, my little effort of trying to read, you know, the story to them today or trying to get them to do their writing or their math. It just seems like it's I'm not making a difference. It seems like it's not mattering. And your story and the perspective you share encourages us all that we really 
are making a difference. Yeah. You know, our, the little step I'm going to make today yeah. is going to matter in the long run, even though I can't see it right now. You know, and um, we can be tempted to miss the moment, that one yeah. step trying to look through the fog ahead, trying to wait and wait and wait for it to clear. And yet I'm being asked to enjoy this next step that I'm yeah. doing. Right. So well, I think I, you know, I think your picture of reading stories and just, you know, going throughout your day is, is so perfect because I, I think that God just, he calls us to be faithful. Um, he doesn't call us to be famous. He just, he calls us to be faithful in what he's given us to do. And if that is, you know, changing diapers or going on little toddler walks, or um, if you're in an office in a, in a cubicle and having to do work that you don't mm -hmm. enjoy doing, but that's what's before you to do. I think that the, the point is faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And then he takes that and he makes something really awesome out of it. Even though we can't see what that is going to be, he's got something in mind and um, and we can really trust. And that's that beauty that is in Psalm 90, 17 mm -hmm. that I was talking about. It's just that he he has something beautiful in mind. So our job is just to is just to be faithful where we're at today and leave the rest up to him. Yeah. And he will establish it. Whatever yeah. our work is, he will do it. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. Well, Rachel, where can everyone find you online if they want to track you down and try to go research some more stories about Flash or any of those uh, things? Where can we where can we connect with you? Well, an easy way to find me is um, rachelannridge.com. I have Anne with an E is my middle name, rachelannridge.com. And um, from there, you can find out about the book. And uh, there are links to my blog, um, which is at homesanctuary.com. Sounds awesome. And then maybe later in near May, we can have you back and have a whole podcast about Flash and all yes. his mud, right? I'm sure he has mud stories. He has got some mud stories. Exactly. I mean, that was one right there, him uh, <laughs> going after that passion right there. Yeah. Poor Flash. Hey, he goes for it. He knew what he wanted. <laughs> he sure did. Oh, goodness. Okay. And I'll put links to all your social media places and and all of that on the show notes page. So thank you so much. Oh, well, you're welcome. So much fun talking with you. And blessings to your family. You have the most amazing red haired children oh. and grandchildren. I'm just, I told Michelle DeRussia this on her episode that, you know, she has a redhead. And oh. I just have this thing, you know, my husband and his family have red hair and your children are just God blessed you with such Aww. beauty there. And I just am so thrilled for you. So it's so sweet. It's just, it, there is just such sweetness, you know, and they're all, um, when you get kind of to the, to the end of your journey and you see what amazing people they are, mm. um, it, you know, it just, uh, ugh, I'm, I'm just in awe. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> you know, I know, you know, <laughs> I know. I, I understand that, you know, yeah. a lot of, a lot of nights where you're just like, Oh brother, this, I is, know. this is not going well. <laughs> so I'm gaining perspective and I'm going to read stories today with the hope of those awesome adult friends in the future. So yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh, your kid, you, you're going to be amazed at, you know, your, what your kids do they'll they'll do far beyond what you can imagine so. i can't wait That's i can't wonderful. wait really for all god has in store for all of us as we just yeah. do our next step love it yeah. amen all right well have an amazing day so all good right. to talk to you
Thank you so much. Great to talk to you too. Well, that's all for this episode. Wasn't she just the best? I had such a great time talking with her and just was so inspired by all of the nuggets of wisdom she had to share along the way. And um, I just can't wait for her book, Flash, to be released in May. I'm hoping she'll come back and share with us some more stories. Wasn't that an incredible story? I apologize for all that laughing I did, but I'm telling you, as she was telling me that story, I just could not contain myself. I could just imagine that donkey just busting through that gate to get to his passion. Incredible. Anyway, I can't wait for her book and for all the little stories about Flash and the wisdom we will all learn because Rachel dared to write it down. So as usual, you can find all the show notes and the links to everything mentioned in this episode over at mudstories.com or jackiewatkins.com forward slash episode 29. And a couple things, don't forget, there is a Mud Stories app just for you. It's free. And if you are an Apple user, you can download that for free by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash Apple app. Or if you're an Android user like me, you can go to JackieWatkins.com forward slash Android app. And also, if you would like a free audiobook today, it would help support this podcast and all that I'm doing here. I would so appreciate it. And you can have a free audiobook. And all you have to do is go to mudstoriesbook.com, sign up for a free 30-day trial. You'll get your free downloadable book and a small commission will go to support this podcast. And you can cancel at any time, so it will cost you nothing. And if you love Audible like I do, then you'll have access to hundreds and thousands of audiobooks that you can consume on the go. And I know for me, listening to books has become such a great uh, opportunity because sometimes it's just hard to find that time to sit down and actually read. So audiobooks, you can go to mudstoriesbook.com. And if you feel so inclined, if you've been moved or touched or inspired by this podcast, if you've been given hope, I would so appreciate it if you'd take just a couple minutes and go over to iTunes and leave a rating or review for the show. And that helps iTunes know to show mud stories to more people. And that will help them uh, find this podcast and be encouraged too. So you can go to JackieWatkins.com forward slash iTunes. And it doesn't have to be long or elaborate. All you need is an iTunes account and you'll be able to just click on that review button and leave me some feedback. I read every single one of those. And honestly, your comments there, they just really help and just keep me going because this podcasting thing, it's like I'm sitting in this room talking to myself and uh, I wish you were all here with me right in front of me. It would be so awesome to meet each and every one of you. So, hey, if you have any feedback for me, Second best thing to meeting you is hearing from you. So if you want to write to me, you can do that. Send me an email, Jackie at JackieWatkins.com. You can send me a voicemail. I'd love to hear your voice. You're hearing mine, so I'd love to hear yours. Or you can leave a comment on the show notes page, JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 29. Anyway, thank you just so much for taking time out of your day to join me and to be inspired by Rachel's words. Isn't she so amazing? I'm just so thankful that she's my friend, and um, I know we're going to be hearing some more great things from her in the months ahead. So, um, you know, whatever it is you find yourself doing today, 
I'm just hoping that you can join me in doing the very next thing in front of you. And it just is hard to not know where God's leading, what is ahead in our lives, if what we're doing today even matters. But Rachel's given so much wisdom here in this episode that even the mundane things that we do, even the things that feel so small, really are making a difference and a change over time. And so today, let's find our gratitude in what it is that God is doing in these small ways, what it is that he will be accomplishing that we'll get to see one day. And uh, let's, let's find our gratitude in the little things today. And so no matter what we're facing, where we've been, or what lies ahead, May we all find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. A never ending marble fills a press upon my mind. I pull a shame that leaves me a little bit blind. I cannot see beyond the blame, and I never will find a way out. And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul As you lift me out of my muddy hole You wash me up with your sweet grace And you lead me to a Safer place again. A never ending mother fails to press upon my mind. A pull of shame that leaves me a little bit blind. I cannot see beyond the blame, and I never will find a way out. And then I feel you next to me. strong arm reaches to me. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me off with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place. You overwhelm my broken thoughts and you mend my lost and Heart. I find myself where I belong in your safe embrace There's a grateful song to sing A grateful song to sing A grateful song